Hey, Dan here, and thank you for joining me. Uh, we are taking and kind of having a guest speaking uh, on this show. This is uh, James, the agent we work with, Simply Do It work with for the past few years in the Dallas-Fort Worth market. Uh, James and I speak routinely, like I do with all the agents we work with. And I always tell myself, I wish I could record the conversations I'm having with the agents and share that information with you because it's always full of good stuff and good information and kind of very easy flowing conversation. And you know what? I decided I should do it once and for all. So this is exactly it. Enjoy the conversation that James and I have um, had about the Dallas Fort Worth market, the challenges, and what can we do as investors to increase our chances of buying really good rental properties in a very good real estate market. Enjoy the episode. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. Danny here from California. And uh, I wanted to share... Um, you know, share with you the discussions that I'm holding with different agents, uh, such as James, and I'll introduce him in a second, um, about the different markets. And today we're going to talk about the metro of the, you know, Dallas Forward, DFW. And I requested James, see, I speak to the agents routinely every other week or so, and we catch up on the market and the market trends and challenges. And our always discussions, they're always kind of, there's always a, a a wish that I would record every single conversation I'm having with every uh, field person, agent or property managers, because there's so much fine details that are going through and discussions that I was like, ah, I wish I can record it and let you benefit from it as well. You know what? Here it is. We're trying to do that. So we're going to have a conversation, James and I, like we do every once in a while. We spoke two days ago and three days ago and two weeks ago. Um, and I said, James, we can't just keep it to ourselves. We have to share it with the crowd. People need to understand what's going on in the market. What can we do? How can we benefit? Um, our conversations are always, okay, how can we improve our systems, our strategies, our executions, our methods? This is always the fine line to benefit you. Purely said to benefit you. We all understand that if we find better ways for you, the investor, to benefit from our uh, methods, then you will be happy. And if you're happy, James is happy and I'm happy. So that's purely <laughs> what it is. So we, we have this conversation every once in a while. Uh, we're going to have just a free flowing conversation um, about the market, about strategies, about ideas. So you can learn and benefit and, you know, uh, and execute better. Um, James and I, or James and Simply Do It, have been working for some time now, a few years. Uh, the broker uh, that James is under, his name is Jerry, and Jerry is the property manager as well. And Jerry and I go back wow, seven, eight years, maybe six years or so, so a very long time, multiple properties. Um, he's not on the conversation because we wanted to I wanted to focus this on more of the acquisition um, of real estate. So I'm going to turn over the, the conversation or we'll have the conversation to James now. And um, James, why don't we start with kind of you know, give us a, like a fresh update on the Metro, like at large, what works, what, you know, what's going on, maybe, you know, worthy mentions such as uh, 
big you know, you know developments or future development kind of so we get a little bit more of an overview and then we can dive into other other parts why don't you take over and, and start by that okay hey danny uh good to talk with everybody today uh the dfw market is um is a, is a it's a big market and in this area it's competitive that's that's what, that's what we have to know it's competitive there's still stuff out there for us um when you uh, when i send my properties over to danny and simply do it um there's still stuff out there, but we're, it's a competitive market um, with the iBuyers out there, the, the open doors. The, those guys are, are picking up houses now that normally would have been on the market uh, with regular, you know, a regular transaction. So the pool that we see of the unrefined investment property ha is getting smaller only because there's there's, there's a lot of buyers or sellers, excuse me, that are really going for the convenience, which I think is, uh, it's really cutting into the investors buying properties. So you see less and less, say from me, only because a lot of times we're getting beat out by somebody who never talks to a realtor now. They just do it all online. So, Realtors are really working around that and trying to deal with that and find strategies to deal with that. But the Dallas-Fort Worth market, as always, number one, simply put, is a stable market. That's what, that's what I would tell any investor about the FW. It's stable. Just Google it. Look it up. Look what happened in the last recession. and other. I, I can't speak for every market in, in the country or the world. But in the last recession, the DFW market held its own. We didn't lose money. We didn't make a lot of money in, those, in, in that recession, but it, uh, property values increased. And um, when, when, the, when the country's going gamebusters, it might not be a San Diego. It might not increase 15% a quarter, but we do have those 10% years. We have those 8% years. Um, but when things go bad, we also have the 1% years and not the negative 20% years. And that's, that's what I tell people about Dallas in the Dallas Fort Worth area. A lot of the area, some negative stuff, a lot of the areas have been, have increased in price so much that our rent, uh, has not kept up. Now, eventually they will, but it'll, it'll take some time. So there's pockets of areas in it, in it. And if, if you see the, the emails, the, the properties I send, they're kind of all in the same general area south of Fort Worth and Dallas. Uh, and in between Fort Worth and Dallas, the northern part has kind of been priced out. But, it's, but the cool thing about that also is on the other, looking at it from the other end, the investor who bought in the northern Dallas area six, seven years ago that's selling today, they're making a bundle. So that's, that's Dallas for you. Um, we're, still that, we're still in that area where our investors can buy in these southern parts in the middle DFW area, hold for a while, lease it out to tenants, you know, one or two, three, four, however, you know, however it goes. But in the future, you're going to make some money off that investment property. The opportunity is still there here. 
It's just in a different area than it was four or five years ago. But it is, a, it is fun to watch the investor who's bought in the northern area, even, even some that have bought a couple of years ago in the southern areas who sell maybe quicker than I would say, but it's, you know, that's of course their, their call, but how much money they make in that time, in that two or three years, it's still pretty amazing um, uh, for the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Okay, so, so let, me, let me kind of recap or just emphasize a few things. So first of all, DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth, is primarily is Dallas is the main center of gravity on one end, on one side, and Fort Worth is on the other, I would say a secondary uh, uh, center of gravity. Obviously, Dallas is, is stronger, so I would say this is more like this and this, but everything in between and surrounding is part of the metro. So we got two centers of gravity, a stronger one and a smaller one, not a weaker one, but a smaller one, and everything in between is, is, uh, um, you know, is the metro. However, it's very much pockets. So it's not necessarily that, you know, in the middle, there are areas that are better and not as good, right? Areas that we would like to buy in and areas we would probably like to avoid and sometimes they're not too far apart. So there's a lot of pockets throughout the metro. Now, Dallas is, uh, uh, or oh, DFW Metro is a very large by population. Are we at 6 million already roughly or getting there? Six, six to eight, I would say more along 8 million. 8 million already, are you sure? I thought it's always like, I'm just getting to be six or so, uh, but maybe it, I'm wrong. It, and you might be right on that. You might exactly, you might be right. The, the last time it was we're getting up to eight. Nonetheless, uh, you know, yeah. it, it, it's a large metro with with large presence of uh, of industries and employers and different sizes. That's what gives it the stability. Now I can say uh, I remember during the last recession. You're absolutely right. Dallas, uh, DFW, on average went up about 1%, which is nobody wants that, but to go around 1% a year during a time that a lot of metros around the country are going down, that's amazing. That's not good, that's amazing, right? So that means very stable, very you know, long-term buy and hold with a stable local economy. So those are the things that we like uh, about the DFW. However, we're seeing still in good areas, good houses, strong demand or strong competition. And now we even have a new breed of buyers, which is the I buyers. And maybe you should explain that the I buyers, who someone who doesn't know, is a new category of companies. Uh, like Zillow is getting into that. Uh, Zillow hasn't rolled out entirely, but they're getting into it. But there's open door um, and uh, something front, I can't front door or something like that, another company. And, few other companies that are going into this uh, uh, category that are practically buying on a large scale um, and they're kind of uh, affecting us, you know, mostly affecting us because they're, they're becoming our competition. They're not always, but sometimes, or affecting the market competition-wise. And then we always have the normal competition from the market, which are just homeowners, maybe other investors, but primarily homeowners that are we are competing against. Is that is that fair fair description of the environment of buying environment yes it is and the um it only works i think the iBuyer only works if you really put the numbers together the convenience charge that the iBuyer the zillow offers the uh the open doors 
it only works with houses where people who've had them for a while and they've got a lot of equity and they're paying a lot in convenience fees. So for me to list and sell a house for somebody who's had it for 10 years, they're going to save a lot more money using me, but they don't see all that paperwork until kind of they're all the, all the way through the process. So, you know, when, when I charge, let's just say the 6%, let's just say it's 6%. Your eye buyer, your eye buyer is more in the 10 to 12. If you look at it, that's what, that's what they're, that's what they're, um, um, charging when you put it all down and they usually don't see all that up front. They don't see all the repairs. They just are sold on, you don't have to show your house. And that's an amazing thing that we're, that's a phenomenon that is unbelievable how that's affecting uh, the market. You don't have to have anybody show your house. No, we'll, we'll put the new, we'll, we'll, we'll charge you, you know, in the end, but we'll put new carpet in here. Don't worry about the paint. Don't have, we'll do all that after you're out. So um, DFW is, if, um, if you've read about, they all started kind of in Phoenix, Arizona, and now they're really branching out. So some markets aren't dealing with this, but they all will eventually. DFW is, hand, is dealing with it right now, and we're all strategizing how to deal with it. But at, at the time, Real, real estate sometimes and realtors are, are slow to change. Uh, I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, I've been in the industry for a long time, not as just a realtor, but also on the title side. And I just know for a fact uh, realtors are slow to change, but it's really starting to cut in because the market, the houses that come on the market for, for the investors, there's a, is a, there's a smaller pool now. We have to deal with those. Summertime, you're dealing with families. They're going to pay top dollar. The investor doesn't want to do that. So, you know, now we're swinging into the fall when school's in. So now with the houses that I'm sending now, this is a great, now vacancy might be a little, little higher. I mean, just, just, you have, I mean, it just makes sense. Not as many people are looking to rent. Um, I, I don't want to leave that out vacancy you should expect probably a little higher vacancy in that time part in, in the in the fall especially the first part of fall before you get into holiday season stuff but this is a great time to buy in this market um but the problem is is it is super competitive and houses here we don't have houses that everybody that look great on paper that have been on the market for 90 days that we can scoop up that that's the problem uh, in this area. What I send usually is in the two with, I mean, if I, if it looks good on paper day one, I'll send it the first day it's on the market, you know, or it could be two weeks on the market. Okay, cool. um, but that go ahead, Danny. Sorry. So I just want to, I want to, I want to clarify a few things. Uh, uh, what you're saying is, um, it's not that the market, the rental market in DFW is soft. We are entering the, the winter, which is usually the winter, which we're talking about holidays, takes a little bit longer to rent than summertime, right? It's not the, exactly. it's just a seasonality of the rental market. It's not the, 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 there's no problem with renting houses, at least not in the areas we are in. Um, um, you know, uh, during the winter, it just takes a little bit longer because it's winter and holidays. Sure. Attention, same of renters. 
and it works the same on the sell side. Um, you know, most people don't want to sell their house October one, but for whatever reason they have to. And that's, that's the opportunity. That's where we, we see the opportunity to Explain jump in. Explain that a little bit better. Why would someone be have to sell October 1? Or just using October 1 as a random date? There's a, well, if somebody, wants, if somebody needs to sell October 1 and has no choice to, I would rather sell in May, just like we try to get our leases to end in May. Right. But if I lose my job, I don't have savings, I might have to sell my house. Gotcha. That, that's the quickest one. Divorce. Number two. So October one is a random date of indicating summer, uh, winter starting, not a specific reason sure. someone will, okay, I just wanted right. to clarify. There's a million reasons why, but I would say those are probably the top two. Okay. And with the people who, uh, you know, when I'm leasing houses um, and I'm showing houses, you know, we, I, I try to, you know, talk and, you know, get some rapport. A lot of people are going through divorce. Um, it's just part of, you know, that's just part of the, the gig, I would say, um, in real estate. So, uh, um, uh, James, let, let's see what are the things we, me, uh, uh, we, the collective, we, you, me, the, the active investor that we can do in order to increase our chances, not just getting a house, but also getting, you know, getting a good deal and a, a good, a good uh, uh, property altogether, good in the, in the largest sense of the word. Um, and I just want to emphasize that the simply do it way is not just let's find properties left and right blindly. It all goes through scrutiny of filtering areas, school analysis, rent, financial analysis, etc. So we don't just say, hey, here is a property because it shows on the MLS. It goes through some filterization. Actually, I would say quite a bit of a filterization. So uh, to pick the, uh, the cherry picking from the market, right? That's not just not uh, uh, just what we expect. And that creates more challenge for us because when you cherry pick you got to uh, find those good cherries if they're available so we talked about a couple of things how we can optimize the the, the, the process why don't we go over uh, why don't you uh, mention a few of those things that we as investor i as a buyer who's listening right now can do in order to uh increase the chances of get, getting a property getting the right property getting for the right price and not just buying for the sake of buying because I'm anxious to buy or, you know, I'm already frustrated that I've attempted for time. We have those too. We have a few investors that are kept sending offers and they're probably frustrated from the process and they even may even blame you and me for not doing good enough of a job, although it's the, exactly the other way around. Right. So when, when I send a house um, and somebody's interested, uh, it, I, I am cherry picking from the, I'm looking at MLS and I've got a criteria that I look at. And if something looks good, I run it through the Excel. And if something looks good, I send it in uh, to simply do it. And if somebody wants to uh, see the house, if somebody shows interest in it, then I go to the house and I actually take videos. Um, I walk the house and um, I've gotten pretty good at, at, at picking good houses that makes that look good when I get there. Sometimes I just, I just text the, the person, no go. I'll send you, when I get back, I'm gonna upload the videos to Dropbox, but this is just not gonna work. You just sometimes, 
the prof professional photographers and all that, uh, they make, they, they can do some amazing things today. I would say number one about getting a house it, at, 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 the, at a price that you want or you're happy with is first, number one, get in the game, you know, get in there, get, let's, let's try something. Let's, let's go. Now, again, this is a competitive market. There's a lot going on here. So a low ball offer, you'll learn pretty soon that those don't probably work, but lighting offers is the best way to see what we can do. We have to get, to get in the game. You're, you're never going to score a touchdown. You're never going to kick a goal if you're not in, off the sideline. You got to, you got to get in the game. Um, and that's what I would say to, to, to people just because the Excel doesn't look perfect. And just because when I take the video, there might be something there. There's a lot of things I do in between that part. We ask for repairs, Jerry Ryan, property manager. When we, when we get our list together, I can send him a list. He can give me an average of what repairs are. And then we can, we can say, okay, we need, we want, we want this off the house. So we can decrease the price of the house this much in that way. Another thing that, in, that when I'm talking to the listing agent of a house, I say, they know this is an investor coming in. And I go, this investor is serious. They're not somebody who's going to flake out on you. Now, if we find something terrible in the house that's just catastrophic, I can't promise you anything that's going to go. But I always try to sell them on this is a serious investor who wants to make sure and get through this process. You will not believe how much that helps in the process and getting in there. Because the number one thing a listing agent wants to do is sell the house. They want to get, and they don't want to, they don't want to have somebody, a buyer, a buyer who just drops out the last second because of some other reason. Um, those are kind of the things that I do to, to, through the process to make sure it works, but it only works if we're in the game. Um, but of course, every investor is different on what they want. So we have to find those houses that, that look good at first. And again, DFW is super competitive. So we, we have to kind of accept what we get at first. And I always like to look at it, think a tenant down the road after somebody moves out, we increase the rent a hundred bucks. You know, rent increases here, just like house prices. My, my property taxes went up this year in Dallas. And that's something that, you know, we talk about um, and uh, other areas deal with it too. But Texas is kind of property tax um, and, you know, everybody fights them and that's just kind of part of it. But my house also increased. I can't believe it, how much it increased. So there's, there's always a, two sides to each coin. Yeah, well, our property taxes went up, but our housing prices went up too. Um, but those are some of the kind of tangible things that I do through the process of, of secure, securing, writing an offer and securing a house under contract is I would say the ultimate first goal, but you don't have to, and it doesn't cost a nickel for you to do that here to secure a property, get it under contract where they've changed the status in MLS, but it only works if we write an offer. Okay. So number one is engagement with you submitting an offer. Okay. That's number one. That's very important. 
And I wanna, I, I, we talked about a few more things. The other thing that we talked about is the price segment. And, and, and according to a conversation we had earlier this week, you said, uh, and correct, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong here, the price segment of about 150 to 175 is super, super competitive with very low inventory, you know, for obvious reasons. But if we shift to, let's say, 190 or 200 to 250 in that range, maybe even 225, um, we don't compromise the rent and the cash flow, and we get a better, uh, probably a higher chance of buying, uh, you know, getting a property. Plus, most likely, we will uh, go up in the quality of the area and the home itself. Is that a, a correct way to, to say that? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Anything under 200000 here is um, it's competitive. And to, um, to, to get it under what list price is, unless it's just, it's just really, unless the, the listing agent has somehow just really got the price wrong, which they usually don't. They usually are pretty good. Um, happens but rarely but does it, it, it definitely happens and a lot of it a lot of that is the, they're letting the seller kind of control oh this is what I think it should be and they're just they just want to get the listing so we'll deal with it later let's put it on what they want and then we'll come down but it is super competitive and that's why a lot of times when I put if I have a house that's 179,000 I'll put in there my offer is I'll put in there what the list price is Rarely ever though, let's say even if we get a house under contract, do we actually pay that, that, that number with repairs, with things like that. But I do see opportunity over 200,000. There's opportunity there. Houses do sit a little longer in the two, oh, plus $200,000 range. Um, they, they, they always have. I think I read, um, I ran the numbers the other day of houses that have sat on the market for 90 plus. And this is a, let's go, let's say me and Danny are the 6 million, 8 million, let's say 7 million area, 7 million population area. Under 200,000 houses that have been on the market 90 days, there were only 12. That's, that's insane. That did that, that just, and those are and the areas I looked at, our, our MLS is kind of big. It's got some cities that don't even, that I don't even travel to because they're so far south or they're so far north that they're, 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 they're out of the DFW area. Half of them were in those areas and the other half were in areas that I would, I would, never, I would never recommend buying. So houses don't sit that long on the market here. So a lot of times when you see the stuff that I send, if it's 180 or if it's 220, it's been on the market maybe two days. But look at that still as an opportunity. It's still an opportunity. If, if it's got some cash flow and, and, and uh, simply do it Excel, it's got opportunity in it right off the bat, which is very hard here um, to do. Uh, and I, do, I run it every, I run numbers every day. I'll send, I'll send multiple at a time when I can, or I'll send one at a time when I can. But if you're making some cash flow right off the bat in the DFW area, you're doing good. 
And then down the road, you're doing better because rents increase and the house increases. And if for some reason, um, like we said earlier, the market has been tested in recessions and the markets kind of stabilizes here. It kind of, we don't, we don't, we don't go LA and we don't lose 30% of value. We don't do what happens in Las Vegas, you know, where it just, you have collapses. Um, we, we, we stabilize. So, uh, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of upside to the area, but at first we just have to get in the game. And, um, I don't, I don't know all the areas and how they, and how the numbers work there. But, it, but here, if you're making some cash flow, 179, 100, 200 bucks a month, that's a great start for DFW. It really, really is. Because you look at tenant two, tenant three down the road, you're really gonna be happy at where you're at then. Once we start flipping tenants, rent increases. A lot of houses I've bought for people, we have built-in rent increase. They never move out. They just stay. And then, you know, we just send them a note that says, okay, if you want to renew for another year, here's the new market price. And they never move out. Now, some people do move out. But there's just, there's a million ways. There's a million things that can happen while you have your house. But I think the number one goal is to get in the, if, if DFW, get in the game. Um, get in there, write some offers, put something down. And let's see what happens. So I want to emphasize uh, um, one important point and, and maybe suggest how, you know, kind of someone can actually take something from something very productive from this conversation. We talked about, you know, kind of explanation, but now let's, let's put it in the execution. So first of all, I want to say we're well, DFW is maybe not your cash cow, cash, strong cash flow area. It does compensate by stable economy, no guarantees, but stable economy. Historically, we've seen that and a good, strong projection for the future of slow and steady growth. So there's a trade-off, right? There's a trade-off there. And, and you know, not everybody wants uh, uh, one or the other, but that's something you got to remember, especially when we are in times that we've been seeing a decade long or almost a decade long of, uh, of, of steady not so steady, high rate growth in multiple real estate markets. We know that the, you know, there's a cycle of you know, economy. We don't know when it's gonna happen. That doesn't mean we're heading into a recession. That doesn't mean we're heading into a crash. But you know, we've, we've been through a, almost a decade of, of, of um, uh, high growth. So maybe we're getting closer to the, to, the, to the peak. And by the way, even if we are, for me, it's never been an issue because I, buy and I want to hold it for the next 10, 15 years. That's what we're looking to do. So we're probably going to face one, maybe even two down cycles, but the important is what the, the overall, uh, uh, the overall uh, path of growth of the metro. Growth being population, jobs, and of course, real estate. So that's uh, something to remember. Now, talking about some next steps or executions, I think what we talked about as a good strategy for someone is number one we talked about engagement number two consider going to the two to 250 range or maybe a give or take maybe even two to 20 two to 25 and start submitting offers you don't have to go with global offers but just you know start engaging 
and maybe trying to, and if we can see houses that have been sitting a little bit longer on the market, which there, there are, but if they fit, you know, our profile of, of an area, a neighborhood, etc., then we can be a little bit more aggressive with our offer. If the house is still in that, you know, price range, but it's not been sitting for a long time, you know, uh, uh, then, then maybe be a little bit less aggressive. But the most important point, engage, start submitting offers. Let's do it, you know, I would even say, let James go ahead and submit offers almost blindly. I've done that before, uh, or blindly, if you trust him, you feel comfortable, maybe you have to build that first and let him submit offers. We don't take any property that we got under contract. We only buy what makes sense or works, you know, from all aspects, financially, area, condition, etc. So we are cherry picking. They just have to work a little bit differently in, in order to speed up the process and to get, you know, uh, uh, get something better for you. Just, you know, find a, little, a better a, a way to do it a little bit faster. You can keep getting emails from James about the cherry picking, but James is sending the, you know, the tip of the iceberg. Once he engages with one of the investors more closely, you know, there are properties that you may not be able to see because he works with on one-on-one. -on -one. Not that we're hiding anything, it's just the, the nature of the, of the relationship. So engage, consider going above 200-ish, uh, you know, low 200, uh, is submit offers, and then consider the offer amount based on the time, you know, time the house has been sitting on the market. And then your chances of getting a property and a good one increases dramatically, correct? Correct. Perfect. Correct. Can I mention one thing too? Um, for those not familiar, I'm, I'm, you can't see, but I'm looking at a map uh, right now that I've got in front of my computer. Those are, who aren't familiar with the DFW area, you'll look at some of these cities that I send and you'll say, wow, that city is uh, 42 miles from Dallas, or it's this far from, this is a commuter area, okay? Uh, it's a commuter, DFW is a com 45 minutes here, and what has happened in the last 10 to 12 years as far as our infrastructure for roads and tollways, has it, has, for me, I live in, I live north in the northern area, but all, most of my work, it would be more convenient for me to live down south for sure. And it, and it has been super inconvenient with all the construction and everything in the last, that's been going on in the last 10 years to get south of Dallas and all that. That work has all started to really complete in the tollways and the toll roads. So when you, when you get on Google Maps and you, 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 you put in there Midlothian, Texas or Waxahachie or you know, these, some of these other cities are forny and you see, wow, that's, that's uh, 45 minutes from downtown Dallas. 45 minutes here is, is nothing. That's a nothing commute for most people who, who live here. Uh, I, I just some people um, I, I want to make sure and get that clear where it's a very commuter area okay people travel I, before I got into the real realtor side I traveled all over the country and uh, you know 45 miles in LA is, is, is a lot different than 45 miles in DFW trust me on that okay I, I think it's very I'm glad you're bringing this one up because it's an important point it comes out a lot um, and we also have to remind people that not everybody is commuting to Dallas. It's exactly. not like if you're 45 minutes away, either way, either direction, 
not every a lot of the employment centers are scattered either on the outskirts or one of the beltways around Dallas or even closer. It's not a, every single person, one of the family household, which you usually target families, you know, commutes into the downtown. Many do, some do, but some of them commute. It may be 45 minutes, but they're only commuting 20 minutes towards Dallas, but staying closer. So right. a, a lot of those, you know, beltways of, of, uh, of, of, of roads and are their own individual employment centers scattered all over. Um, so it's just not, you know, and on the top of that, many people just do commute and that's normal. That's okay. Absolutely. Good. Um, so I want to wrap up uh, with what we talked about, how to execute. I'm glad we were able to bring, you know, the market, the field to us. I think it's very helpful. Um, the best way to get, you know, if you're already an active uh, Simply Do It investor, I think you know what to do. If you're listening and you're uh, still not sure what to do or even if Dallas is the right one for you, get in touch with me, with us. Uh, let's have a conversation. We start the process. We're just talking about real estate at large and your needs before we even talk about real estate. And then we slip it down to which markets, uh, uh, which market is relevant for you. And we then, uh, once we start the process, we would put you in touch with James. Uh, so James can work and help you find properties in the DFW area. And of course, we have property management in place and lenders, everything that you need. Uh, to to get to execute and to buy rental properties. Those of you, some of our investors are already doing that. Some are just listening and I don't know uh, that we have the entire solution you know, provided. I call it a turnkey operation. You don't have to find lenders. You don't have to find insurance people, etc. We have it all. Not just we have it. It's vetted. It's trained. We train the the agents. We work with the agents. We help them to become better agents because we know. Once we invest into our infrastructure of resources such as James, everybody will benefit. And I really mean everybody will benefit. That's how the perception that we have. So you're most welcome to get in touch with me, Danny. Simply do it online, Facebook, however you see. And then once, uh, however you see fit. And once we start working, you will get the chance to work with James directly on finding properties in DFW. James, thank you very much for the time, for the information. Um, I think this is uh, very productive, and uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you in the talk to you soon. Great. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.